0: Hello, my name is David Thomas and I'm joined by Sarah Martin and we are both members of Linklater's litigation, arbitration and investigations practice and global ESG team. And we are delighted to welcome you to this Linklater's podcast series in which members of our global ESG practice will be exploring the issue of greenwashing. What does it mean? How to spot it? How to avoid it? And what happens if you find yourself or your business inadvertently doing it or being accused of it. And we'll be starting the series looking at the response to greenwashing by UK regulators, but throughout the series we'll be looking to explore the different types of risk that greenwashing can give rise to, and to obtain perspectives from other jurisdictions where this is a hot topic issue. We hope you find the series useful. If you would like further information, please do not hesitate to contact us. Or any of the speakers in the series, and do look out for our monthly ESG news bulletin and the quarterly ESG disputes bulletin. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy the first episode in the series. I'm Terry Yangu, a managing associate in the London Financial Regulation Group, and today I'm joined by my colleague Dasha Canova and associate in our London litigation investigations and arbitration team. Hi, Dasha. Hi, Terry. So today we are going to be UK focused. Um, We plan to explore the Financial Conduct Authority and the Financial Reporting Council's respective responses to greenwashing in order to understand what these regulators are planning in order to combat the risk uh, of greenwashing in the financial sector.
1: Yeah, thanks, Terry. Um, There's certainly a lot that can be said on the topic not least because the UK government has just issued an update to the green finance strategy, uh, which is intended to help facilitate the UK's transition to a net zero economy. But I think, you know, first thing first, for our listeners who may not be as familiar with the term, Terry, what's greenwashing?
0: Sure, Zapsha. So greenwashing is essentially the act of either intentionally or otherwise misleading your clients and the broader market about the sustainability of your products or indeed about yourself as an institution too.
1: Right, so taking the E, or I think it stands for environment, uh, limb of um, ESG, is it essentially any suggestion that you or your product are greener than is actually the case? Is that right?
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And it needn't be blatant actually by any means. Rather, greenwashing can often be quite nuanced, which makes it really hard to spot.
1: Hmm, interesting. Um, and if we turn to the FCA, at what stage do we find ourselves in the FCA's anti-greenwashing journey?
0: So we're we're actually still in rather nascent stages, I'd say, and particularly so relative to at least the EU, for which you know the likes of say the SFDR, which is essentially mm. designed to overcome greenwashing, has been in play now for actually you know an excess of two years already. So bringing it back to the UK now, however. 2023 is going to be a very big year for anti-greenwashing purposes.
1: How so, Terry?
0: So one of the major developments um, of recent times in the area is the consultation that the FCA ran recently, and that closed at the end of January 2023. And it proposes, among other proposals, to put forward a dedicated anti-greenwashing rule. And the idea is for this to have a very broad scope. So it wants to capture all FCA-regulated plans, in respect of their products and services and to be clear this will also extend to firms that approve the financial promotions for unauthorized persons requiring them to ensure that the promotions they are approving are equally compliant with this anti-greenwashing rule
1: and uh, terry what does this anti-greenwashing rule actually require
0: so in a nutshell i'd say that the fca here wants to ensure that the naming and the marketing of financial products and services in the UK is, and I quote, clear, fair, and not misleading. And that means you know, being consistent, i.e. proportionate, not exaggerating, um, with what the regulator refers to here as the quote unquote sustainability profile of the product or the relevant server.
1: That's interesting. Um, but Terry, question I have is, doesn't the FCA already require firms to be fair, clear, and not misleading? And if so, how is that different to the requirements of the anti-greenwashing rule?
0: So technically, you're right. Actually. You know, The FCA's rules do, today, already require this. Um, you know, When you look at, for example, principle 7 or certain rules in PRIN and COPS. But actually, it does so in general terms only. And the FCA here acknowledges this point uh, in their consultation paper, but then goes on to say that it nonetheless considers it necessary to add a dedicated rule to the ESG source book, which sits in their FCA handbook, which links this fair, clear, and not misleading principle directly to sustainability claims that firms are making?
1: So the regulator is basically reinstating an existing requirement, but within the more specific confines of sustainability. Um, and presumably, the thinking then is to effectively have an explicit hook on which the FCA can challenge firms that it considers maybe greenwashing um, in order to investigate and potentially take enforcement action is that right
0: yeah no that's that's absolutely right Desha. and that's pretty close actually to how the fca's paper speaks about this all um, in fact earlier this year the fca's esg director sasha sadden was quoted in the media saying that whilst you know the fca does not initially want to go straight for the stick by handing out hefty fines and penalties for firms overstating their esg credentials it will be adopting a more hardline approach in the future and i quote um, fines will come, according to the FCA for those found to be greenwashing.
1: Right. Um, so this is really a real risk for FCA-regulated firms who may find themselves on the wrong side of this incoming anti-greenwashing rule. And no doubt, the fact that other financial regulators, so the German BaFin, the the US SEC, etc., I mean, have already they've already started to take action i think um in respect of this over the course of 2022 so i assume this will exercise some pressure on the fca to demonstrate on the global stage that it's equally serious about greenwashing in the uk
0: yeah totally i I would agree with that Dasha. and you know for those firms who are implicated i think it's fair to say that regulatory investigations and, and the likes of possible fines Often isn't really where the story ends. Um, you know, you'd be better placed to speak about this than I am, but is that right, Dasha?
1: Yeah, look, Sarah, you're on the money. Um, another risk that definitely comes to mind, and not least because I'm in the lie team at Linkladers, is of course the risk of civil litigation from shareholders and NGOs who are commencing claims seeking remedies for greenwashing. So, what should FDA regulated financial institutions be doing right now to protect themselves? I think you mentioned earlier something called a sustainability profile. What is that?
0: So you've sort of actually stumbled across step one for firms here. Dacia. So hmm. namely identifying whether a product or a service has a sustainability profile and if it does defining what that is now very unhelpfully the proposed rules from the essay do not give us a definition or guidance on what the term sustainability profile is or is intended to capture. But I think firms can nonetheless apply common sense approach to essentially taking each product and service line and ensuring that any sustainability claims made, for example, in their naming and their marketing and so on, are generally just not being overstated.
1: And how might firms practically seek to go about this?
0: You can take any number of steps here and I, you know, there's no necessarily one size fits all approach. But in relation to defining or confirming that there is no sustainability profile for a product or service, some firms um, are are preparing a brief policy paper which summarises the UK's proposed anti-greenwashing rule and then going to each business line Um, and asking them to undertake the sustainability profile defining exercise for itself in respect of the particular asset classes and or services that they cover and then once defined or confirmed that you don't have a sustainability profile it then becomes a matter of ensuring that you have the right guardrails in place to ensure that these products and services are strictly presented described marketed and so on in accordance with these And this is probably best approached through a combination of, for example, training of client facing servicing staff like sales teams, updating relevant internal policies, procedures, guidelines, and, you know, really importantly, monitoring these and adherence to these. So, Dasha, from a litigation perspective, um, I guess I'd be interested to hear a bit more about what you might recommend firms do here to also protect themselves.
1: Sure. Well, there's no one size fits all here. And much of this will depend on the exact role being played by a firm in a product's or services life cycle. But let's look at some examples. So if a financial institution is, say, involved in helping clients, for example, corporate issuers, to structure their ESG products, then their structuring teams could, where appropriate, and unless assigned such responsibility, refrain from advising the issuer on ESG matters. And indeed, appropriate contractual protections should be put in place that the issuer agrees not to hold the firm responsible for the content of the product or services, ESG disclosures and claims. Separately, if a financial institution is solely distributing, so not manufacturing an ESG product, then it should obviously get comfortable that the manufacturer has appropriate processes in place to accurately assess and periodically review the sustainability profile of such products. And if seeking to gold plate, the financial institution could from time to time seek to conduct its own checks on the issuer's sustainability profile determinations, albeit this might be commercially unpopular with some issuers. It would also be sensible to ensure that the relevant written arrangements, for example, a distribution agreement, expressly um, obligates the manufacturer to update the financial institution of any changes to the product sustainability profile to mitigate the risk of inadvertent greenwashing.
0: Thanks, Dasha, there's certainly a lot to unpack here, but that was super helpful, thank you. Um, Separately, But just as importantly, um, firms should also ensure that they have appropriate governance arrangements in place, in particular, to monitor and promptly escalate greenwashing concerns to senior management. Now, there's no need to necessarily build new structures in this respect, Um, you know, it should just be possible to simply layer this on top of existing governance arrangements.
1: Yeah, that's that's a very good point, Terry. Um, and the FCA's focus on good governance practices, I think, was also apparent in the DSCO letter to asset managers that they issued in February 2023, so this year, which made it clear that the FCA is focusing on testing whether firms deliver on claims made and their communications with investors, I think, with an eye specifically to combating greenwashing. And are you able to give us a quick, Deal on the timing of all of
0: this yeah certainly so originally the fca's consultation papers said that we could expect to see the anti greenwashing rule apply from 30th of june 2023 but mm. the policy statement which was due to bring this ball into play has actually now since been delayed so it's expected to come in sometime in q3 2023 instead so firms do have a little bit not a lot more time to prepare themselves for this all so I think that's plenty on the FCA and <laughs> Dasha. Why don't we um, briefly turn to the FRC 2, uh, and perhaps a word or two on what's happening in that space.
1: Thanks, Terry. Um, so the FRC is the regulator for company reporting and audit. So when we're talking greenwashing and the FRC, their focus has mostly been on quality of ESG reporting and related disclosure to ensure that information that's been provided to the public is reliable and free from greenwashing.
0: Great, and is there anything else um, new from the FRC data that we ought to be aware of in this area?
1: Yeah, most certainly. So for listed companies, I think importantly from January this year, we will see the first annual financial reports for standard listed companies, which are required to include climate-related disclosures mandated by the listing rules, The FRC will take the lead in ensuring compliance with the rules and asking for better disclosures. But when information is potentially false or misleading, it will likely turn to the FCA for consideration of enforcement action. But for FRC's work on ESG reporting, I mean, it's it's more wide ranging. It's not limited to listed companies. It also extends to investors on stewardship issues, for example, through the stewardship code, extends to auditors, to Assurance and actuaries.
0: Gotcha. That that's good to know, Dasha. And I I saw that in February this year. The FRC also published the statement setting out its areas of focus for 2023. Perhaps you can tell us a bit about that too, Dasha.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, and I guess on the subject of greenwashing specifically, the FRC notes that it will develop guidance and best practice for communication of ESG data, guidance on strategic reporting, and TCFD disclosures and there'll be updates to the corporate governance code as well in recognition of the growing importance of ESG reporting. In the government's updated green finance strategy, which I think I mentioned earlier, a review of the stewardship code by the FRC is announced for Q4 um, this year, so 2023. So, and I think it's, I mean, it's fair to say that for listed companies and professional services firms, that they will increasingly be under pressure to provide quality disclosures and improve their reporting. So, on a recent FRC webinar that I joined the other day, Mark Babington, the Executive Director of Regulatory Standards at the FRC, called this green finance strategy a firing of the starting gun. So, I think it's safe to say that there's going to be more and more guidance and new and improved frameworks being developed to combat greenwashing. So Terry, I would say this is definitely a space to watch.
0: Thanks, Dasha, so plenty in the FRC space as well. So I think we are at time for today. thank you for your insights, Dasha. And thank you to our listeners too, who've tuned in to this bite-sized session. We hope that you found this session useful um, and do reach out to us if you have any questions for Dasha or me, and indeed if anything we can help you with.
1: Yeah, no, thanks, Jerry. And thanks for listening. Until next time.